Hello and welcome to Life Changing Science, the Bible, the podcast. I'm your host, Zishan, and today's guest is Venny Dole. Venny is a longtime Bibleer and was the leader of the Bible Club at Andover High School in Boston. At Bibleer, Venny, alongside her team member Paloma and legendary Bibleer mentor and teacher Lindsay Lekhire, designed a bacteria that can be used to break down plastic if placed on a water bottle. And when that water bottle goes into the ocean, the bacteria would produce two enzymes that would degrade the bottle. This Bibleer project has been featured on multiple news channels and has resulted in a publication as well. Since then, Venny is currently studying chemical engineering, biotechnology, and computer science at Columbia University in New York City. I am very excited to chat with her today, so let's dive right into this episode. What was your motivation in joining Biobuilder? So I joined Biobuilder my second year of high school, so my sophomore year. Yeah. Um, freshman year, I wasn't really involved in many clubs in the high school. I didn't really do much, and so coming into sophomore year, I was kind of just looking to get involved in something, anything. Um, and I, having gone to Biobuilder, I like saw their flyer in the school bathroom type of thing, and I was like, "This sounds kind of interesting. Let me go to the first meeting." And I went, in, and um, I like saw some people I recognized there. I sat with them. One of those being Paloma. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was kind of just me. I saw it. I looked at it. I knew a couple of my friends that were on it are freshmen here, so people in my year that were on it previously, and they also like seemed to have had a great experience in it. So I was like, okay, this seems like something cool. Let me try it out. I'll get some friends to do it with me. So Paloma was doing it with me, and then we had some other friends also working with us. Um, yeah, so it was kind of just, uh, here's something new, let me give it a shot type of thing. I didn't really go into it. I mean, I'd never heard of synthetic biology. Um, I knew, like, very baseline stuff about biotech. Um, I hadn't even, like, I was enrolled in IntroBio that year. So I was kind of like, okay, this seems cool. Let me give it a shot. Let's see what it is. If it works out, like, that would be cool. And if not, like, there's no real, like, I'm not putting high stakes on it for myself type of thing. Yeah, fair. That, that makes a lot of sense. You were, you know, that's the time in high school where you want to try different things, uh, mm-hmm. learn new things. And that's really cool how you didn't, like, synthetic biology as a term was introduced to you by when you yeah. entered BioBuilder. It's interesting you mentioned that. So how do you go from that to making, like, biodegradable plastics? It's like, oh, yeah. synthetic biology, okay, this is what it is. And then mm-hmm. next minute, like, you're on the on Boston 25 News. <laughs> Uh, well, talking about not. biodegradable plastics, so which is you know really really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, what were how were the first few weeks like in the Biobuilder Club? Because sure. that was your I presume that was your first ex, you know first hand mm-hmm. experience of a lot of lab techniques and like thinking like a synthetic biologist. So let's yeah. start off with the first few week, first week sure. or two in the Biobuilder um, Club. So how Mrs. Lakire, who was my like Biobuilder head of our school. Um, was very, oh, full name, I guess, Lindsay LaCaire, who's been on the podcast before. Um, so she was our teacher for the club, and the first few weeks, the way she structures BioBuilder is the beginning of the school year, she'll have like one or two kind of intro interest meetings for students. So it's kind of people like me who don't really know what synthetic biology is, and just like, oh, I saw this poster and it seemed cool, I'm going to stop by the club after school. Um, and so we came, and she has a she has a sort of lesson plan structure that I think BioBuilder also designs. Um, where it's kind of an intro to synthetic bio, they show you the plasmid, they show you the parts of the plasmid, you have a promoter, uh, a ribosome binding site, a gene of interest, um, and all that. So it was very much uh, a lot of information kind of thrown at me at once, in the sense that like, okay, look, here's all these parts, and then they pull up the standard registry of biologic parts, and here's like, here's a library of all the parts, and you can just pick whatever you want, you can just mash them together however you want, 
Um, and so that was kind of my first couple of weeks. It was a little bit overwhelming in the sense that I had no exposure to this kind of thing. Um, and then suddenly here's all this information thrown at me. But it was very good that I think the club isn't structured in a okay, go build a project way. It's structured in a let us at least let like let us teach you the basics first. Let us teach you what synthetic biology is, and then we'll kind of guide you towards making your own project. So Bible the basic gave you sort of that foundation knowledge for you to allow some of the basic concepts because yeah once you understand that you can actually build on that quite quickly and i think biobuilders curriculum is built in that way so all right so you enter the biobuilder club you get a good understanding good basic understanding what synthetic biology is um through the biobuilder curriculum when did uh i guess you and paloma join forces uh, to work on the project that eventually became plastic degradation, like what yeah. was sort of what was the methodology? Like, of course, there's a mm-hmm. synthetic biology framework of design, build, and test. But how did you go right. about uh, while you were at Biobuilder to be like, okay, what problem should we tackle? Like, <laughs> making right. a hypothesis. Paloma and I were. We didn't really join forces in the sense around a project. We joined forces in the sense, and we had some other teammates at the time too, and we all just kind of knew each other. We were in the same English class or something freshman year. That's how I met Paloma. And so it was like, oh, like we know each other, let's be a team. And so we're sitting there and I guess building off the what I talked about before, the biobuilder curriculum where they show you all the parts, how to build plasmid, how to do a transformation experiment. So we kind of took that as our baseline. We said, let's pick a gene that we want to focus on. Um, and so the first gene we looked at, or well, first we were like, let's cure malaria. And we we're like, oh, we're going to do this thing and we're going to like somehow cure malaria and we're going to like take a drop of blood and we're going to test it. And we discovered that that's like be it been done. Um, so we're like, okay, let's try something else. And we we're looking just, I think we were just browsing through like biological standard registry biological parts. We were looking for maybe some genes that would be of interest to us. And we happened across um, PETase, which is a plastic degrading enzyme. And we're like, okay, this could be cool. Um, I was very much in high school, the kid that would like nag her friends about plastic usage and be like, you can't use plastic water bottle, you can't use a plastic straw. Like I was that kid. So um, it was kind of like, this makes sense. Um, How can we maybe use this enzyme and target this issue that we're seeing? So that's kind of how we happened into the project. And then from there, we started reading about the enzyme. Coincidentally, luckily, Petase at the time was a relatively new enzyme. So this was, I want to say, beginning of 2018. And as we kind of started looking into it, a lot of other scientists around the world were also looking into it. So it had already been discovered, it had already been originally published. There's a group in Japan that did it. Um, but as we were looking at it, these other groups are also looking at it. And there's some people in Europe, there's some people in South America, like there's people everywhere that are just saying like, oh my God, this enzyme is so cool. And so as we were looking at the enzyme, it was really exciting that we got to like email a lot of other scientists, email a lot of other groups and ask them, how are you working with this enzyme? We're a group of high schoolers. We're also interested in working with this enzyme. Um, And so it was kind of an exciting time because now if you look at PETAs or PETAs, it's really blown up. 
there's a lot, a lot of people working with it. There's a lot of mutants been made of it. There's a lot of people trying to make it more efficient, trying to combine it with other enzymes, other processes, using it for recycling. There's a group trying to put it on the space station. Like, there's a lot happening with it right now. So it's kind of an exciting, like, moment of circumstance, I think, for us that we kind of happened to stumble across it in the same moment that it was becoming this big thing in the bio world. BioBuilder adopts the synthetic biology framework of design, build, and test, right? So how did the BioBuilder environment, so the teachers, the mentors, the curriculum, um, help you guys navigate the process of developing the science behind this? Because you went from just hearing about synthetic biology to working in a lab very, very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. In a matter of how many weeks or months was this? Right. So we actually never took that project to the lab um, just because uh, we didn't really have enough lab equipment at Andover High. We weren't able to get into the BioBuilder space at Lab Central, and then all of a sudden COVID hit, and that was kind of that. Mm. But um, in terms of the build test or build design test, design build test, what's the order of it? Design build um, test. Design build test we'll, we'll dis- <laughs> BioBuilder will disrupt the order. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, so in terms of design build test, BioBuilder was very much, as I was saying before, the curriculum teaches, it kind of exposes you to the standard registry of biological parts. So that was kind of our design stage. So it was almost as a template handed to us in the sense that here's a blank plasmid, pick a promoter, pick an RBS, pick a gene, um, and just put it all together. And so it was a lot of literature reading. It was a lot of late nights. Um, but that's kind of how our design process went. But then something that was exciting for us was that because this kind of pet taste space was really blowing up at the time, we also, during our design process, were able to reach out to a lot of scientists. For example, um, Dr. Greg Beckham at the um, lab, the National Renewable Energy Lab in Colorado. We spoke to him a lot. He's doing a lot of work, or was at the time, with pet taste mutants try to make them more efficient because it's not really a super efficient enzyme in the way that it was discovered so he's been engineering the enzyme to make it more efficient for example so we spoke to him we said hey we want to use your mutant enzyme um what are some maybe promoters that would go well with it what kind of system would work well with it so we got a lot of feedback in those ways and that was really helpful during our design process biobuilder as a whole i would say was most helpful in providing a structure in the sense that it was given to us as an academic year so you start at the beginning of the year, here's your project, come up with your project. By this date in late winter, you have to submit your abstract to BioBuilder and you have to have produced something concrete. And I think that for us was important because we were high schoolers who didn't really know what we were doing and you need some sort of motivation. I think you need some sort of push um, when you're doing something that's hard and that's new. And so we worked to make those deadlines. We would stay up and we would read papers and we'd make presentations. And um, I think it was like one of the nights we were up till 2 a.m. and we submitted our our presentation for the BioBuilder Summit at the end of the year. And we were so excited and we were just kind of thinking back to a couple months ago when it was just a project. And now suddenly we've somehow gathered enough information to make a presentation on it, which was really exciting for us. So I think that just having those milestones that BioBuilder gave us in the sense that now we're teaching you synthetic biology, now you make a team, now you make a project, and now you design your project and you present your project. So those kind of milestones were really helpful for us, I think, in, yeah, in creating a project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it can be, as I'm sure you're well aware, research can be very chaotic. Yeah. And nothing works most of the time. 
Um, interestingly, a lot of Bible projects, because obviously I've interviewed a lot of people that have gone through the program, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Bible stuff ends up working. Like, yeah. Bible has more success than most PhD students <laughs> I know. And I think it is, you know, the tried and tested structure um, mm-hmm. that is constantly, you know, innovated, it's constantly changed and improved, which is very important. Sometimes um, I think it's also that we just don't think that much. <laughs> like, we just <laughs> take things. We're like, yeah, this will probably work. And we throw it together. We don't, like, overthink it too much. Yeah. No, in the way fair. that someone with experience would. It's kind of, oh, this would be cool. And this probably will work and then we can just kind of pick and choose and we throw yeah. it all together. Sometimes too much knowledge is a curse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I and I, <laughs> I also know that you guys did end up publishing in Biotrex. <laughs> uh, big fan of Biotrex. Um, whenever I talk to a Bible student who's published in Biotrex, I'm like, <laughs> oh, someone who has more publications than me and they're 10 years younger. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, <laughs> Talk us through that process because, you know, one of the most, uh, a lot of research students in grad school, one of their main focus is, you know, publishing a paper. And it's Mm -hmm. very, very important uh, when you get to the, I guess, the PhD stage. Having that experience of trying to refine a paper, publish a scientific paper at a, you know, at a high school stage. How how was that like? It was really hard. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, None of us ever do. (laughs) That's also something I've learned. Everyone acts like they know what they're doing. No one actually knows what they're doing. Um, But um, Biotrex was exciting because it was kind of this concrete thing to say, like, we made this project and we have made this project enough that we can now write a paper about it. So it's really exciting for us. I think that even as writing, as we were writing the paper, we were still doing more research because we would realize that here's a gap in our paper, ergo, here's a gap in our knowledge about what we're writing about. So we need to fill that gap. So then we would go, we would do more research, we would try to figure out what was going wrong or what we were missing in the work we were trying to publish. And so I think the process of writing a paper for us was a really important stage of just the general research process. It wasn't a finished project by the time we wrote the paper. Um, And we actually published our work twice in biotechs um, one year apart. And even though it was the same project, it was honestly really, it was really cool for us to see how our project, the same original project had changed so much over the course of a year that we could now write a whole different paper on it with totally different content and say that we previously wrote XYZ and now we've done more research and we realize that'll never work. So here's a new idea. Um, So in that sense, it was really cool. And it really gave us this concept that Everyone says they're working towards a paper and that like they're going to do a paper and it's going to be done, but it's never done. You're never going to know for sure. Um, you have to just always keep working on the research. You can't ever stop doing the initial research stage, the initial paper readings, because you read every paper out there about this enzyme and then you come back to it the next week and there's five more papers that have been published. Yeah, that's sort of like the beauty of science as well. Yeah. where it's a constant reiterative process um, and science is, ne- is never complete we just learn more and the more we learn the more questions we have, <laughs> we have to answer and the more papers we need to publish yeah um, <laughs> that's and also as you mentioned that it's it, this is it's really exciting and it's a really good experience that you got to you know not only do the science once but come back to mm-hmm. it reflect on it even a year later given that this was also a very new area of research right so <laughs> Following from that, 
how influential was Biobuilder when it came to, you know, choosing your college major and the colleges you applied to? Because I'm sure at the end of this, you're like, um, surely, surely you're like biotech is the, is, the, is the way to go, is the career I want to pursue. My experience in Biobuilder, I'd say, was the main driving factor towards me deciding what I wanted to pursue in college. Because I'd always had this interest in science, in biotech, but you can't really know if you like something until you've actually done it in the field, until you've had hands-on experience with it. And so for me, that was Biobuilder. It was kind of a glimpse into if this is what I pursue, if I want to do research at an academia level, this is what my life would look like. And because I enjoyed it so much, I said, this is what I want my life to look like. Um, And I really enjoyed synthetic biology. And I also realized that there's some more things out there that I'm interested in kind of adjacent, maybe protein engineering, because we looked a lot into like different mutations of that petase enzyme. I thought that might be something cool to try. Um, Or tissue engineering, like applying it to real people, or not petase, obviously, but other products in biofilter that might be applied to real people and real problems. And so... Yeah, for me, it was kind of that this is what I want to pursue. I want to do synthetic biology. I think it's honestly the field of the future, and that's something I want to be part of. And so when I was looking at colleges and college majors, um, I ended up settling on a chemical engineering major. That's what I applied to at most, or was intending to apply to at most universities, um, because I felt it was kind of a really strong background foundation. And then from there, I can maybe build off it. I can go to a bioengineering specialty or... Um, any other other like maybe a synthetic biology specialty but I kind of wanted just that strong um, engineering oriented background um, for my undergrad which is what I'm doing now but that comes back to uh, I really like what you said where you sort of have an engineering foundation mm-hmm. and that's so important in synthetic biology like biology in itself is a very quantitative field now um, yeah. So having an engineering background going into Synbios is really, really great. There's another question I want to ask you. You obviously had such a great um, experience at Bible and learned so, learned so much um, mm-hmm. in terms of skills needed to sort of be a successful scientist in the future. Um, when you came into you know your freshman year, at college, did you feel that you were maybe like two or three steps ahead of your peers? Do you find it um, maybe a bit easier? Were you also able to like dive deeper into some of the content um, that was being taught because you had already had such a good background? Um, I would say both yes and no. I don't think I've ever felt that I'm Um, as you say, ahead of my peers. I think that in terms of the academic environment I'm in right now, I'm surrounded by a lot of really, really talented people that are really, really passionate about what they do. And to the sense that BioBuilder is what I was passionate about, and so that was something that I really worked on. Everyone that I'm in an environment now was the same way, but whatever it is they're passionate about. My peers, but I would say that the experience it's given me has definitely, definitely proved valuable. Um, as an example, I got to college and I was looking for a really strong, a school with really strong biotechnology research. And because that's what I wanted to do, I wanted to be in a lab, I wanted to be in that academia environment. And so when I was looking, once I got to college, when I was looking for labs that I wanted to be a part of, I honestly ended up just pulling up the whole directory of the chemical engineering, the biomedical engineering 
faculty and I looked at all of their labs and I read all their lab websites and I said these are the labs I'm most interested in I reached out to those labs and I would say in that sense in knowing that this is what I'm interested in knowing like what to look for in a lab um, that was definitely an experience I got from BioBuilder that was really valuable and I would also say that once I was applying to labs or like sending my resume out to labs um, it was also very valuable because I have that concrete here's proof that I do actually care about your work because I'm trying to do it or I've tried to do it and I have some experience in it because this is something I'm passionate about so I would say that in that sense that experience has definitely been really valuable for me um, another thing I would say that was really valuable for my biobuilder experience was that it encouraged me to start looking at synthetic biology early outside of biobuilders. So I went to high school in the greater Boston area, and that's such a great hub for biotech and also for universities. And so even in high school, myself and so many other people in the biobuilder program were looking at summer programs, for example, in bioengineering or in research at the university level. And um, one year, myself and two other BioBuilder members actually participated in this research development type program at Harvard Seas. It was a two-week program. It was a bioengineering lab-based program called BioStar. Um, it was incredible. It was so much fun. It was great to be able to do it with like fellow BioBuilder people. And they gave they kind of let us loose in the lab. They taught us how to grow cells, um, how to do tissue culture, how to grow bacteria, how to then treat the bacteria, how to... Um, treat them with antibiotics, how to do all these basic lab techniques, use all types of different microscopes. We did the fluorescence and the confocal and all of that. So I would say that by giving us an introduction to synthetic biology and biotechnology so early on, BioBuilder kind of opened the doors for us to start seeking those more advanced research opportunities. And then again, once I got to college, the fact that I've now done this summer program, I have that hands-on lab experience makes it much easier for me to then reach out to labs and say, please let me into your lab, I really want to work here. BioBuilder opened up many doors and allowed you to seek opportunities, you know, everywhere, all around the syn synthetic biology world. And a big part of the SynBio world is sort of the startup ecosystem that's sort of developing around biotech and synthetic right. biology. And I know you have uh, have a bit of an interest in, in that side of things. So I, I just want to hear more about, was there a specific experience uh, within BioWilder that made you realize mm -hmm. that, hey, entrepreneurship is something that, you know, I want to explore more. Um, sure. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear more on that. Yeah, so I think if I were to point out an experience in BioWilder that introduced me to entrepreneurship it would be the big showcase that we have at the end of the year the year that I attended it in person it was held in Lab Central um, near MIT and Lab Central is sort of an incubator of sorts right where they give lab space to several different companies kind of in the startup stage with the hope that with these resources these companies will eventually graduate from Lab Central um, and so at Lab Central, it was really exciting because these people from these companies were coming down. They were coming down to look at our projects so you can meet the people from the companies that were current biotech startups. So it was very much showing us that you're doing this research here and that's great, but this is also something that it could become. It could become a real company. It could become um, a startup, essentially. And that was really exciting to me. And especially now that I'm working in a more academic lab at the university level, I do still kind of feel 
that there's so much great research going on out there at university levels, especially um, at these top research universities where professors have so many resources, they have huge labs, they have ridiculous amounts of funding, and it's great. They're doing incredible, incredible research with it. And when you do research, the point of the research is to develop something that will help people, that will help the world overall. But the end result of the research, in my view, is too often a publication. And publications are great, they're important, they keep science going, they help other people understand the work that's being done. But I want to see more research being built into a company. I want to see it going to market. And so that's kind of how my interest in startups began. Um, So I'm exploring it a bit, colleges for exploring, right? So um, I was able to do like an intro entrepreneurship program that Columbia had for like a small cohort of students where they introduced us to some startup CEOs, some fintech leaders, some um, venture capitalists, some investment bankers. So it was kind of a cool introduction to here's how startups work from the finance side of it. Um, and then I am looking into the finance side of it a bit, um, and Columbia, or my university right now, also has a lot of great clubs for that, where students can get like real hands-on investment experience. These are things I'm looking into, because in my point of view, if the goal is to go from the BioBuilder project that's being presented to the company upstairs at Lab Central, I think that you need a more well-rounded understanding of both the science and the business sides of it. Okay, so to just finish off, I'd like to ask your advice to, you know, people interested in exploring synthetic biology, whether whether that's, you know, high school or undergrad or postgrad and people interested in, you know, high school students interested in joining a biobuilder club. I would say that something like synthetic biology seems and sounds so intimidating when you first hear of it. Um, or when you're first exposed to it. My advice would be to just give it a shot because there are resources out there and even though it seems like this really far away intimidating scale that you need a PhD to be involved in, that's really not true. Um, BioBuilder for high schoolers is a great, great resource because it kind of helps you bridge that knowledge gap between someone who's had a college education or a degree towards this and someone with like a high schooler who doesn't have that background knowledge but it will give you enough knowledge to kind of get you started to give you a push in the right direction and once you start in the most cliche way you really only learn by doing and so once you start doing it it's probably not going to work you're probably going to have a rough time of it you're going to be up reading a lot of papers but at the end of the day you'll get a lot from it um i think it probably took me multiple hours to read an abstract the first time I tried to read a proper scientific abstract. And now that I've gotten to college, I'm so much better for it because my lab gives me papers to read and I know how to read them because I did it when I was in BioBuilder. Thanks once again to Venny for joining me today. It was so great to see her passion for synthetic biology and her drive for more research being built into a company. And I found her comment on how it's important to have a well-rounded understanding of the science as well as the business together. Very insightful. I feel this episode will be useful to anyone interested in joining a biobuilder club, even if they've never heard of the word synthetic biology before. If you would like to learn more about anything Vinny and I discussed today, such as links to the Biotrex publication, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next Biobuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by Biobuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.